2: The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network.
1: Here's what's cooking on the today's Sports Stove Podcast. Football is over, or is it just beginning? Uh, Daytona 500 and other sports news. That's what's cooking on the today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up
0: Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince
2: Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? about cooking. Something up
1: me. Welcome in to a new edition of the Sports Stove podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. It's time to join the flavor revolution and you can do it at RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15 at checkout. You're going to get 15% off your Purchase. uh Welcome into this post Super Bowl edition of the Sports Stove Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stover. Joined as I am almost every Wednesday by my dad, Dale Stover.
2: Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Of course, so sorry to hear the tragic news in Kansas City today. There's just no sense in that, but um, uh, uh, otherwise, doing fine. Getting. Like I said, football's over, kind of, and there's all kinds of other sports going on. So a lot happening, and of course, you have your NASCAR segment coming up, and and that's kicking off, and it'll be exciting. So,
1: yeah, uh, you know how to start start the show on a high note. Uh, but no, you're right. Uh, the shooting in Kansas City during the parade today. Um, I was actually at work in a customer's house uh, when I when it came breaking on the on the television. Um, So I'm still haven't really had time to catch up on everything there. Um, But uh, obviously, uh, prayers out to those affected and impacted there um, as well. Um, Yeah, lots going on, though, in the sports world, Dad. And with the Super Bowl ending, it just means that's the start of all kinds of things. I mean, the NBA is already going on, but that kind of picks up. College basketball, of course, picks up uh, now as far as attention uh, goes. The NASCAR season officially starts on Sunday. And uh, and along with that, I mean, there's still hockey going on too. Baseball, the pitchers and catchers are reporting this week. And uh, so that's kicking up. There's plenty to go, to go around right now. But let's get started with the Super Bowl. And uh, the Chiefs win in overtime, 25 to 22. Um, at the end of the day, it wasn't the most exciting Super Bowl, but it was close. And so that held some excitement uh, nonetheless. And uh, came down to a missed extra point um, possibly um, uh, It could have forced the chiefs to have to go for a touchdown instead of a field goal. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, chiefs came out on top. They are officially in dynasty mode at this point with uh, three wins in four years. And um, Patrick Mahomes is climbing the ladder as one of the most accomplished quarterbacks of all time as well. Um, Andy Reed got almost tackled by a player, uh, his own, his own player, <laughs> Um, it seems to be able to laugh that off as well. And, uh, I guess let's start with the gameplay as a whole and, uh, your thoughts. Uh, I, I watched the whole thing. I'm assuming you did not. We haven't talked since then actually, Dan. Uh, but, uh, I watched the whole thing and, uh, but let me get your thoughts first on, on the game as a whole.
2: Well, like I said, I, I didn't get to see all of it, but I did see you know, a, a fair part of it. And, um, like you said, in some ways, you know, it, it was, it, it was definitely close, And I thought it was a good game. I thought it was a good Super Bowl, especially you can go into overtime. I think that's good. Um, Again, there was some play that wasn't good on both sides of the ball, no doubt about that. Um, But, you know, Kansas City, like said, um, you know, I, I wasn't gonna bet against them. Of course, I mean I don't bet, but um, I was gonna definitely pick them. And again, you know, Mahomes, I think, showed that and, and they were resilient. You know, early on when I saw the fumble by Pacheco and some things, I thought, ooh, that that never turns out to be good. And um, but um, but I knew Kansas City would rally um, and, and get back in the game, which they did. Um, Sam, it's going to be an interesting off season discussing, you know, the super bowl, because I think San Francisco, the question is, you know, where, where are they at now? Um, with, you know, getting there. And of course, like said today, they got rid of already, got rid of their defensive coordinator and, um, I, they should be a very good team next year but i think they will be a little bit of a different team and they'll need to have a different look they're getting older from there you know they had a key defensive guy get a freak injury during the game and um yeah. that's an achilles so he won't be back at the start of the year at least and um so yeah. you Depends know we, on... there's only one guy that can come back from an Achilles in a couple of weeks and we know who that is but anyhow, yeah. <laughs> um so we we'll see how that goes but I think San Francisco will be a different team. Um I think you know there'll be questions about them going in and um a lot of interesting things about you know the Super Bowl. Been a lot of talk about the you know overtime and I I it's hard to tell exactly what the deal was there but um as far as what definitely a mistake so What do you mean? Uh, What was the mistake in overtime? With overtime, as far as um, you know, San Francisco not taking the ball second. Um, Yeah, I was going to get there. A a lot of question about you know, did they not know the rule? There were players. The problem is, you know, they've come out and said their analytics department said it was a better way to do it, um, which maybe is true. They said that they, you know, had all the assistants were supposed to tell all the players. Um, before the overtime started, you know there were players who said they didn't know. I was trying to think that through today. I think the players that I saw quoted were on defense, and I wonder if maybe the <laughs> defensive coordinator decision today had something to do with that. I don't know, but um, we all you know. So when the, when the coin toss happened and they picked,
1: the 49ers won the toss, tails never fails, and uh, they chose to receive the ball. You know, I was sitting there with, with my oldest son. And I said, I don't what. what are they doing? And, uh, you know, the first thought was, well, maybe they had Casey's defense kind of tired. Maybe San Francisco's defense was tired and they wanted a break and a breather. And and I can live with that excuse, but I was sitting there thinking, man, it would sure seem like you'd want to defend first. Cause then you know what you got to have. Yeah. And, uh, they settled for the field goal. And of course the chiefs went down and scored and won the game. Uh, with the touchdown, uh, I was confused on the rules, too. I, I assumed when the clock expired, that was the it. But they said, no, it would go into a second second quarter of overtime, even when the clock expired. Because I was sitting there going, man, the Chiefs are going to blow this if they, if they don't call a timeout. Um, so that was a little confusing, uh, needless to say. But if you're getting paid millions of dollars to play, you should know the rules. There's no doubt about that. Um, San Francisco, Dad, man, I was cheering for them to win towards the end because I thought Jawan Jennings would get the MVP. He threw a touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass. He's a Tennessee kid um, and was excited to watch him succeed in that game and play well. I don't think the 49ers will look different next year, Dad. I think they're going to be the exact same team. Um, They'll get a new defensive coordinator, but they've still got plenty of talent on that defensive side of the ball, and uh, their offense is still together. So I think you're going to see the exact same thing next year. Let me ask it this way. What's more important for San Francisco, a head coaching change? Or a quarterback change because I think the first answer would be quarterback. But the you think through Shanahan and his lack of success in Super Bowls is now prevalent as offensive coordinator um, and head coach. He's zero for three, uh, and he had a lead, double digit lead in, in those games, and still lost. I think Shanahan's a very good coach. Um, he's a way better coach than I am. Uh, but uh, man, I I don't know. I. You hated on Brock Purdy earlier in the week um, and and basically your your philosophy was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, your philosophy was that he was overhyped, not necessarily that he's a bad quarterback, but that he was getting too much hype. Um, I think everybody understands who Purdy is, and I don't think that um, I don't think they had to move on from Purdy, um, but I think you have to understand the limitations that he has and uh, and then properly you know work around those limitations. I think he's capable. I think he's a Kirk Cousins, Alex Smith kind of quarterback, and he's obviously capable with the ability around him to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, you can't slight him, slide him for, for what he has done. Um, you can slight other people for how much they've overhyped him, though.
2: Yeah, I think you're right about that as far as uh, how I feel about it. I do think he's a, you know, a starting quarterback, no doubt about that. I do think he has been – Overhyped. I don't think they'll move on from him the way the season went this year and um, the way it ended up, you know. Is Brock Purdy going to win a Super Bowl for them? I don't know. Um, you know, I think a lot of it's going to depend on talent. I do think the talent around is a difference with him. Yeah. And um, if any of that changes or, again, you know, the talent is getting older, McCaffrey was a great pickup, and that's going to help their Kittle is very, very solid. You know, Debo Samuel's great player had a lot of injury issues yeah. this year, so we'll see where that is. Um, you know, offensive line things like that; those things can change in the off-season. Um, I don't know what their free-agent situation is. Who they're you know who is up for free agency? Uh, the defense was the thing that was supposed to carry them. And honestly, in the last three games, it really did not. Um, I, think, I think they showed they were vulnerable. There were certain times at the first of the year you thought, you just right. can't score on San Francisco. I mean, it's just not going to happen. And um, I don't think that's – I think going into next year, teams will know they can scheme up certain things and potentially play with San Francisco. I The coach is a good coach. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to change from that. Right. And I think as long as Lynch is there, I don't think they will make a change. Now, if they change, well, the they to,
1: that would be different. Yeah, as long as they keep winning, they won't make a change. Um, the Chiefs, though, I mean, they held the Chiefs to 22 points in four quarters. That's, that's, that's not bad. Uh, I don't think they lost necessarily because of the defense. I mean, ultimately, they did because they couldn't stop him in overtime. But um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that there's, if I'm a 49ers fan, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I still have hope. <laughs> I still have hope if I'm a 49ers fan. Um, let's talk about the Chiefs, though, with this. You know, Mahomes, obviously, he still has a long way to go in his career. Um, so I don't put him on the Tom Brady pedestal just yet, the Joe Montana pedestal either just yet. But he's, I mean, he, that's where he's headed. Um, three Super Bowl wins. Uh, he's, he's obviously a great player. He did not have the weapons this year that he's had in the past. He did obviously still have Kelsey, but the other guys around him just weren't the same thing. Um, and uh, yet he still comes out with the win. He, he uses his legs. He makes the throws when it matters um, as well. And, I mean, I guess at this point we've got to put Mahomes up there at the very least trending towards one of the greatest of all time.
2: Yes, I I think so. There's no doubt about that. Uh, He has proved that. Uh, The biggest thing I think he's showed in the last few years is he can win with different people. Um, No doubt about that. And again, is there a chance they'll get, well, one, um, you know, the Rice kid, the wide receiver is really good. But, um, you know, they could hit on another star receiver here down the line. And that would really be a big boost for them. Um, again, you know, Andy Reid knows what he's doing. When you look at the Chiefs, if I remember right, they've switched players around some. They switched the offensive line a little bit this year, okay. switched out tackles. So that's the thing about the Chiefs that really they, they could keep going is the fact they haven't had to have just one core and been there for three or four years, and that's why they've won. It's They've won because of the system. Uh, They've got a quarterback that can make other people good around him. Um, They've had some good players, and apparently they know how to bring the right people in. Uh, I think the key with the Chiefs will be Andy Reid. I think he'll stay at least another year, but whenever he moves on, then it'll be a different situation uh, depending who they bring in. Um, They're still going to have Mahomes, and he'll still have his ability Um, but again, I would think Andy Reid's issue will be health. He's getting older. I think there's a question about his health. Um, right now he's doing fine. I think his plans are to come back next year. No doubt about it. Um, but, um, you know, how many years he's going to be there, how long he's going to be there you know, with the idea of how long Kansas City is going to be where they're at. And again, it looked like this year they were going to get beat. They, they, they were down exactly. during the year. So um, they'll probably be the favorite going into next year. But um, uh, I, I don't think it's guaranteed that they will. I think they'll have a great season. Uh, will they be in the Super Bowl again? You know, we'll see. I think there's a couple of teams that could challenge that for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was an eventful NFL season uh, this year, needless to say. And, uh, but I mean, you know, as one NFL season ends, the next one starts. NFL draft uh, coming up now in just a couple of months. Um, there's a lot that's going to happen between now and then. Of course, free agency and some trades and some different things will go on for sure, um, which we will be attentive to and watching. Um, and then, like I said, two other sports now kick off. With NASCAR and Major League Baseball. I'll be talking NASCAR here in just a minute. Uh, But Major League Baseball, pitchers and catchers are starting to show up. Workouts happening. There's still some big free agencies out there. They're all Scott Boris uh, um, uh, clients, but uh, they're all looking for jobs. Um, Teams have gotten better, teams have gotten worse. And really, next week we'll start diving into some baseball stuff and getting ready for the baseball season as, as well. Uh, so Dad now that football is done uh, for the season what's what are you looking forward to the most I'll give you options and then you can uh you could pick something different if I don't list the option uh, but my thought process is March madness um, NFL draft, major league baseball
2: um, or something else um. Well, I always love March Madness, and that'll be the next thing that comes up. The NFL draft, though, definitely will be keeping up with that, you know, with the Packers and with everything um, going on from there. And um, as you know, I do follow the hockey season a little bit, too, and we'll be coming up to the playoffs what, there. What's that? I've never heard of that before. Huh? That's, it, that, that, that's exactly right. So in anyhow, um, hey, I was going to like, throw in. One little hockey blurb, if you will let me here, I'll do it real quick. A wow. shout-out. Congratulations to a Predator prospect named Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. He scored the winning overtime goal for Northeastern University, and they won their fourth out of the last five years beanpot tournament. That won't mean a lot to you, but that is the granddaddy of college hockey tournaments. They play every year in Boston, Boston College, Boston University, Northeastern, and Yale. And I can't wait till he gets to the Predators because you got to have a fan favorite with a name like Gunnar Wolf. Yeah. And, and um, but he's had a great year and he scored the winning goal in overtime.
1: So it's not Gunner space Wolf space Fontaine. It's Gunner Wolf is his first name. Gunner
2: Wolf Fontaine.
1: Yeah, I I get me a jersey with Gunner Wolf on the back. Um, Yeah, that'll be fun. I I do represent hockey up here on the shelf. Um, And uh, I myself was a a collegiate hockey player, but um, yeah, I can't say I follow it much anymore. And uh, but uh, you know what? That's why people tune in, Dad, is to hear your uh, 60 seconds on hockey. And uh and they all they all care about the bean pot tournament. Um, is that what it is you said called bean pot tournament? Yes. Okay, yeah. And it makes sense being in Boston, I guess, but uh interesting, very interesting for sure. Uh well dad, we we will um we got started late today and we're gonna transition to NASCAR here in just a second, but um you know it's 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 still to me a very fun time of year um as we start transitioning out of football and into other things, and uh, like I said, next week we'll start kind of hammering into our baseball coverage, and uh, we'll keep an eye on things. I know Ohio State fired their basketball coach today, yep. um, who I had the opportunity to meet uh, two years ago, and uh, he's from locally here in the area and was back in town for a, a ceremony, and, uh, and so but changes made there, um, Kentucky, everyone's trying to fire Cal, that's a, a rant for another day, Uh, but baseball's here. Um, like I said, next week, we'll start diving into that. Um, as we continue to talk about it on Sundays too, we've got fantasy baseball and, uh, March madness, get the brackets and all that kind of stuff. We'll stay up on all those things. And then again, the NFL offseason as well. So dad, anything else before we close up this segment of the show?
2: Nope, that'll do it. And I'll look forward to your NASCAR segment and listening to that. Like I said, you've got me involved in NASCAR fantasy this time. So I need all the good advice I can get. So,
1: <laughs> Well, Dad, you know that's the only kind of advice I give is good advice. Um, So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it too. So I'm going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, Dad will be gone. Matt Beamer will join us. We're going to be talking Daytona 500. Uh, So stick around after a quick word from Righteous Felon Jerky. Say hello to America's most wanted craft beef jerky. Over 15 flavors with all kinds of character. The number one jerky gift box and all natural black Angus quality made right here in the U.S. of A. Taste the flavor revolution at RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code STOVE15 at checkout. That's RighteousFelon.com promo code s-t-o-v-e-1-5 at
2: checkout
1: welcome back into the sports stove uh, podcast and now it's time for a brand new segment we're doing this year that we like to call the sports stove final and this week joining me to talk daytona 500 and everything else nascar He's the host of Rambling About Racing. The one and only Matt Beamer joins the show. How you doing, Matt?
0: I am doing just fine. Thanks for having me back on the show.
1: Yeah, man. It looks like you've made a lot of progress on that truck since the last time we talked.
0: Uh, not really. No, <laughs> I just I just happened to dump my coveralls over it. That was about the only change that happened. It's a week ago.
1: Hey, man we hey, we made it we've made it to race season. Uh, the clash happened. We we survived that um we moved on we moved on and now we actually have something that that counts for something this week with the Daytona 500 how excited are you to have real racing back
0: real racing back absolutely excited in fact nascar right now the cup series is qualifying the two front row will be locked in so whoever wins the pole in his second will be locked in and however there are the duels coming up later on in the week that's always a lot of fun i remember when they used to be called the the Gatorade Dual 125s, that's how much of an old fan I am. And the fan and the stands used to be packed for that. But unfortunately, there it, not a lot of hype is done on speed weeks anymore, and, and that's really unfortunate. But hey, I, either way, this Sunday, actually Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, green flag drops on all three major series, uh, top-level series, I should say, Cup Xfinity and Truck Series. Can't wait for it. I guess they're saying that that
1: the Xfinity's in in trouble with rain coming in possibly on Saturday, and there
0: could be issues with that. But I saw that as well for the uh, Cup Series, and oh, right. I, being in two Daytona five, I've gone to three Daytona five hundred. It's two out of the three have been rained, delayed, or moved to, or and one's been moved to Monday. That was the two 2020 Daytona five hundred, but for some reason they kept the twenty twenty. I think it was 2021 Daytona 500 on its regular time Sunday, and it was just a late day. But rain in central Florida, what else is new?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and they said I read today that they said uh, they want the race to be done by 1 a.m. So if they can start it in a fashionable time where it can be done by 1 a.m., they'll run it on Sunday no matter what. Um, So we'll see how it goes. They've been practicing with rain tires and all that kind of stuff too. So hopefully – Maybe Um, not on Super Speedways.
0: I'm going to say no on Super Speedways. I think that's more a short track road course thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, they just try to give a little bit of hope uh, to make people Uh, stick around a little bit longer. (laughs) But yeah, we'll we'll see how it shakes down. Uh, The 500 is, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the uh, Belly Up NASCAR Super Show. Um, But it is one of the, in many cases, people would say the most important, most exciting race of the year. I, I lean towards the Bristol night race personally, but I know the 500 because it's the first race of the year, it is so historic Um, and it just means a lot to anyone that's there uh, racing in it. We have a friend that's done some tire stuff uh, for a couple of different race teams. And it's just one of those events that when you have a chance to be involved in, you take that opportunity and uh, you know, it's going to kick off this year off of a, uh, well, with some change to it uh, with the new body styles at Ford and Toyota um, you've got uh, Ford, who now has won the last two championships, and it's basically just because of good playoff runs that they did so. Um, and then you've got the, you know, the the mainstays, the Hendricks of the world, who are just always there and always towards the top. You've got a couple older guys, I use that term as loosely as possible, but the Hamlins and Loganos and things like that, that are still running, running really well. Um, what's your expectation for the 500 this year, do you think it's somebody like a Hamlin um, that comes out on top, or is it going to be another name that hasn't hasn't won
0: there before? It's so tough to say when you talk about this type of racing that being tapered spacer racing or super speedway racing at Daytona and Talladega. You could pretty much draw a name out of the hat of starting position if you say, "and that's going to be my guy," and odds are he's going to be at the front at one point of a race, of uh, one point of the race or another. So it's very tough to say who who's the favorite, who's who's most likely going to win. But it, it, like you said, the Hendricks and, and the Joe Gibbs racing, you're always going to see them up there. I didn't even count Roush Kozlowski racing, Roush Fenway, RFK racing, I should yeah. say. I'm just going to keep it simple. RFK racing as well as 23-11. You can't yeah. count anybody out. But those four teams right there, the 2311s to Hendricks, the Joe Gibbs race, and in the RFK racer racing duo of Kozlowski and Busher, you can't those are the top guys that are going that are gonna be on my watch list, especially when it comes to fantasy coming up here. Those are gonna be the guys you want. And you, you want to look at history, but at the same time, history could be a fluke. I mean Stenhouse won it last year. Nobody had right. nobody, Stenhouse wasn't on anybody's radar last year, but he won. He was in the right place at the right time, avoided all the wrecks, and won. Yeah. And forever now, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is a Daytona 500 winner. But you can say that about a number of guys in the past that maybe haven't produced well on track, but it's one Trevor Bain's another one that comes to mind. Yeah. What happened to Trevor Bain after he won the Daytona 500? Who cares? He's a Daytona 500 champion. You can always say that. <laughs> It's a
1: great point. And, you know, it's funny. We got to the playoffs. No one was picking Stenhouse to do anything in the playoffs like it's one and done kind of a deal. Absolutely. Um, Are you optimistic or pessimistic specifically about Daytona 500 with these new body styles for Ford and Toyota? Do you think this is going to be a um, slow start for them where they got to figure some stuff out or do you think it's going to give them an advantage at this
0: race? I think we're just going to have to wait to see when 50 laps into the race uh, on Sunday, especially with the day of Fords and Toyotas. I mean, not having the testing like they probably should have had in January, the old school way of doing things in NASCAR. Uh, It's tough to say. I know a couple of weeks ago, it's like, well, they didn't have testing and we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, I still stand by that. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Now, I think when you get to a track, maybe like a, texas motor speedway or charlotte motor speedway for the 600 then we're going to see changes from daytona to then and adjustments made but i don't think you're going to really see much i think you got what you got rolling out onto the car right now or rolling out onto the track right now i'm interested to see um ford has actually run pretty well
1: at daytona and you know with the change of the body style the what the professionals are saying is that they've they've kind of loss they expect them to lose some at at this kind of track versus trying to pick up in some other tracks where they struggled out in the past and uh and we'll see kind of how it shakes out Toyota I mean I don't first of all I barely noticed the change in the Toyotas um I don't think I don't think there's much to them necessarily but they're supposed to be be able to push a little better supposedly as well and the Chevys are exactly the same or you know, I'm sure there's been some tinkering as well, but but right. not, not could, in the butt style.
0: And that could be a disadvantage to a Chevy. I mean, right? We and Ford could dominate, and then Chevy's in the back, and then Chevy's going. Well, what? Well, what? What's the deal now? Yeah. And we'll have to wait again. 50 laps in, I think, will be a good predictor and good little barometer on where each of the manufacturers sit at that point in the season. I know it's 50 laps into the season. It's a long season, so. <laughs> definitely let's talk let's talk some fantasy stuff so
1: um uh, nascar.com has fantasy racing where you pick five racers you can get a uh another a sixth racer that you can sub in before the end of the second second segment and uh and put them in which it took me half a year last year to figure out what that sixth person was for <laughs> once i figured it out i was like oh well, that's nice um uh, but Yeah. Uh, But that being said, I'm interested to hear kind of your thoughts, because for me, when I was thinking through this for this for this race is, okay. there are some unknowns, the Fords, the Toyotas. You don't know what's going to happen there. And if it's positive, well, then if you pick a Chevy, then you could be in trouble. Um, That being said, I really feel like this is a um, as it has been in history, anybody's race, Uh, 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 you know, you've got potential for all the. Uh, uh, all the Fords, the Toyotas, the Chevys to be one, two, three. You just, you don't know what you're going to get at the end of the day here. You've got guys um, that are going to help push each other that are teammates. You've got other guys that are friends and they'll help each other out for a while um, as well, even if they're in different manufacturers and things like that too. So when you're doing fantasy, you know, there's going to be a big wreck and you're really hoping that the guy that you pick or at least no more than one of the guys that you pick aren't caught up in the big one. Uh, when it comes, uh, but I'm curious to kind of get you, I'm going to give you my thoughts first and then, and let you, uh, critique mine, uh, and, and then we'll hear what you think. I I like what Hamlin has done ending the season last year. He goes out and wins the clash. I'm, I'm kind of putting some chips on, on Denny Hamlin this year. And, uh, and I, so, and he's won three times at, at Daytona. So I don't think it's a, a far reach to say Hamlin should do well, um, this week. So I've got Hamlin. Um, Logano uh, Larson. Uh, I gotta have a Hendricks guy in there. Um, and then I've got Busher, who's run really well the last three years at Daytona. And then Chase Elliott is the other guy that I've got in who's got to be better than he was last year. He actually did decent in the playoffs last year, um, even though he wasn't as a driver in the playoffs, but um during that time frame, he he raced some decent. And the sixth guy I've got is kind of my dark horse that I'll I might put him in the starting five. And pull him out at some point, or I might put him as the sixth guy and put him in. And that's Corey LaJoy. And I'm not the only one. He's kind of a popular pick right now. Um, but the stats say he's he's done well at Daytona, and uh, a lot of people think this is kind of the year he gets a win. And Daytona is a place where almost anybody can can pull it off. Um, so I've kind of got the mainstays in the Hamlin, Larson, Logano, and then Elliott and Busher uh, there, which I don't think are wild card picks necessarily. And then LaJoy is kind of my my dark horse this week.
0: Yeah, I, I think those are all solid picks, especially – I mean, when it comes to this type of race, especially the Daytona 500, you can't keep Denny Hamlin out of the picture. Love him or hate him, he knows how to race taper, or super speedway racing. I, I want to say restrictor plate. He, he knows how to race those type of races, keep his car clean, keep out of trouble, and avoid the wrecks and be there when it counts. We've we seen it too – For three years, I I was at two out of the three times that he won. Mm -hmm. I was kind of sick of seeing him win Daytona. (laughs) But still, you can't count him out. But when it comes to Hendrick, I think the one person you really have to watch out for is that William Byron in that 24 machine. He has something to prove from last year. He was by far the best driver in Hendrick. He was by far the best driver, I think, in the field. Unfortunately, the way the playoffs are set off, Ryan Blaney. Won the championship. Whoop de do! <laughs> I think William Byron has something to prove. Like you said, busher he, him, and Keselowski, those two. I mean, I remember Keselowski being the Pied Piper at all restrictor place tracks, Talladega and Daytona. He would just be up front and know how to move the line and and keep himself up front. I think he, I think you can't count count out either RFK racer. But then I go to twenty three eleven and say. Tyler Reddick is going to be the dark horse of that race because I, I that team has come so far in the past few years. Even Bubba Wallace. You can't count out Bubba Wallace. and He knows how to race those type of races. He finished second there, what, last year? He finished second there before. He knows how to stay up front and keep himself out of trouble. The only problem is, a lot of the time, your destiny's not in your hands. It's yeah. in somebody else making a mistake. We, I've seen it so many times. Even on lap twenty-two, looking down to get something, w- look up. There's mayhem in turn three. It's like, oh geez, okay. Well, that's gonna change everything. So it doesn't matter when or where. You just gotta keep the nose clean, and keep it up front where it belongs. Now, William Byron, I was looking at him
1: uh earlier today, actually. So last year he finished uh twenty-sixth, the year before that he won. The year before that he finished fortieth, the year before that he was second. That's <laughs> going, oh man. Now yes. this Kind of every decided. other year so i mean this is the year for him to do well again right um but it's kind of like all or nothing it seems like for william byron at daytona and
0: he's he's man he's one of those drivers he's so much fun to watch and and him developing over like he has been over the past few years because when he got into that car it's like he's not going to do anything and, and sure enough he's just slowly developed he's that guy who's come out of nowhere and say, everybody's saying, where would he come from? Well, he's been there all along. He's just finally developing. And that's what Hendrick does best. He puts drivers in the car that know how to race and, and can develop. He doesn't just do one and done. Rarely does he do one and, year and done. He keeps drivers in there that are staples. But the driver needs to watch this back. And Hendrick's is that, is that uh, Alex Bowman character, uh, unfortunately. He, he's the low man on the totem pole in that famed 48 car. But the season is a long one. Barring any crazy dirt track incidents, I think Bowman will do just fine. But my eyes are on William Byron there in that Hendricks stable.
1: Yeah, to me, any of those four Hendricks guys um, can win at any race for the most part. Um, I to me, there's there's so they just have the best equipment. It seems like um, year in and year out, and um, you know, so I don't ever count them out. I'm not a Hendricks guy, Um, especially the 24. I have a hard time. Being happy for anything that happens in the twenty four. <laughs> <of> car. So <laughs> it's, nice. a, it's a beautiful car. Um, it's just I grew up an anti Jeff Gordon guy, so uh, so so it's hard to hard to even be positive about that. But that being said, that's just a fan, the fan in me, of course. I hear you as well. <laughs> um, now I'm excited about the just the. I'm excited to watch more Xfinity races this year. It's going to be on CW uh, every single race this year. And I'm kind of excited to to. I've never paid attention to that series um, consistently. And uh, I'm looking forward to Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, turning on the TV and watching some Xfinity race as well, because there's obviously familiar faces there um, as well as newer faces and things like that, too. So plenty to cheer on there. But, you know, I tell you, once we hit the clash, I didn't I didn't love the clash. Um, that being said, it, it did do what it was supposed to do for me, which has got me excited about Daytona and the start of the season and, and actual real racing. I've enjoyed, you know, I listened, like I said, I listened to, um, uh, you put me on, on another podcast, uh, and actually someone else reached out to me about it as well. Um, on the super show, uh, your show rambling about racing. I listened to all the, the big guys, the Corey LaJoy stacking pennies and the Dale juniors and, um, I'm uh, forgetting somebody else. Oh, uh, the Jeff Gluck, uh, his yeah. podcast as well, the Tear Down. Um, so I, it just I get excited about it. I'm excited to see you know. And again, I don't. You know a lot more about it than I do. Um, I paid attention to it many years ago. Got back into it last year, so I'm still catching up on some things. But to me, there's enough. There's enough there to keep you tuned in and excited about it. And you know, I, I picked a favorite driver in Josh Berry this year. I figure I'm gonna go with a rookie, even though right. he's not super young and I'm a Ford guy so I was you know I'm excited about that uh my kids we've, we've talked about you know and, and my oldest is like I I'm not I got to figure out who I'm going to cheer for he mentioned possibly Denny Hamlin and I thought okay well all right that's somebody so <laughs> so you know things like that as well I'm just excited about it man I I'm I'm really looking forward to what's ahead this weekend
0: yeah me too it, it's going to be so much fun to watch the whole three series truck expending cup and, and truth be told I I like truck racing more so than any other race. And it's that's where I feel like you're finally getting your feet wet into NASCAR and, and watching drivers come up and, and, and develop and hopefully sink or, and it's sink or swim in there right. in the truck series, either you're going to do well and, and get noticed, get go up to the Xfinity or maybe the cup series like Car- Carson Hosevar just did, or you're going to sink and you don't, your name's not remembered. And I, I think it's just a fun series. I, I'm a big Josh Raym guy. We had him on the podcast way long ago, a few years ago. But I uh, met him at Darlington when I was taking photos there for uh, Speedway Media. And a real nice guy, real down to earth. Still talk to him from time to time. And and he's uh, more of a developmental guy. He'll bring in guys just to give him a shot. And and that, and so if you want a team to root for Raym Brothers Racing in the truck series, that's, that's a good... It's a C team. I mean, they're not going anywhere fast, but you never know. One day they might surprise you.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, right? We've got a, a friend that I'm hoping to have on the show at some point in time. Um, and he's he was just kind of a uh, – he took care of the tire pressures and all that kind of stuff for some low-end race teams, and he didn't go to every race and, you know, whatever. But, you know, just kind of those kinds of people who are in, in it and been in the thick of it and, uh, you know, aren't – they're not going to be at the top. Uh, anytime anytime soon (laughs) but it's it's neat to hear from guys like that and to cheer on those guys at the same time um and you could say you're with them with them from the early days you know versus jumping on a bandwagon once they finally get get up a little higher i guess yeah a little higher on there uh, tell us about rambling about racing we I, you talked about it uh, well on the super show but a lot of our listeners weren't there for the super show um, and uh, like i said, endorsed you on the super show i endorse you here too i, I do like rambling about racing and uh, enjoy listening to it the the talks that go on uh before and after races and uh, a fan perspective of racing and uh, i would suggest people tuning into it but let everybody know about rambling about racing and what it's all about
0: yeah, it's so crazy right now because we're in limbo because my co-host, Preston, is going through a few personal things in life. He's—I mean, If that guy didn't have any bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. So let's just say keep Preston lewd, uh, my co-host, in your thoughts and prayers. Personally, he's just going through a lot. It's making it difficult to do the show because I like doing the show with Preston because mm-hmm. he he brings a different side we don't agree on everything so sometimes we get into arguments and it's not vicious like screw you arguments it, it's just fun little debates that every race fan has regardless if you're at the tailgate at daytona or in montana just talking about racing you're going to get into arguments with race fans because not everybody agrees on everything especially what Brian France used to do to the sport and at least everybody could agree that Brian France was the worst thing that happened in NASCAR but so we right now we're in this kind of weird limbo. We wanted to start last week that didn't happen. We wanted to do a preview show for Daytona. It's just I mean one of those things where life is getting in the way and this isn't our job. I mean if we got right. paid to do this every day, absolutely we'd be there. I'd be there. I I make it happen. But now I got a wife, I got a wife and I got a 2-year-old daughter, so it's so tough to balance and of course the balance is always going to go family first and work and everything like that. This is a hobby. So we're trying to get past spun up here for season 6. It's it's not happening like I would have liked it to, but at the same time I'm not going to force it. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. Uh, either I'm either going to do it right or I'm not going to do it. So uh, the the Shows on all major podcast platforms. Go check it out. We're on YouTube. Unfortunately, we haven't done YouTube in a while, and we haven't done a show since November, since the racing season has ended. Uh, just due to unfortunate circumstances, it's just the way it is. And uh, so we're trying to get back into it to be uh, be perfectly honest, and uh, we'll see what happens here in the next week or so. Yeah, and so stay
1: tuned for it. And, and when it when it does appear, um, go ahead and subscribe now so when it does appear, you you, you see it, and it right up and it's gonna be there. Um, we you mentioned this again, uh, when we were talking on the super show a couple weeks ago. Um, but if you've you know, I've got people who listen to this show that aren't NASCAR fans, and some of them have said, Hey, I now that you're kind of covering a little bit, we're gonna try to get into a little bit too. Um, so outside of rambling about race, and what's what are you kind of your go to? uh, podcast that you'd say, Hey, for someone who's either getting in, um, or maybe people who are already into it that, that haven't done a whole lot of podcasting, um, who do you think is good to listen to?
0: There's a show, uh, from Mooresville, North Carolina called blind spotting NASCAR podcast. Uh, I've, we, we've done a lot of collaborations throughout the years. I was, they were nice enough to invite me to go to races like the Bristol night race a few years ago, even though we sat in different sections, we were both there and met up. We've met up at Darlington, and we've gone to Martinsville together. Great group of guys there: and Andrew, Mike, and Travis. And they bring in, and and they and since they're right there in the heart of it, they know a lot of the drivers they've had. I think their latest episode, Justin Allgaier, Xfinity driver for Junior Motorsports, on. They've had Grant Enfinger on, Larry McReynolds. I mean, they just they're in the thick of it, and they know how to get these people. They were nice enough to have, well, they had uh, who is it? Uh, Jerry Naidu on. If you remember Jerry Nadu back way before I think yeah. 2000 early 2000s and they sent him to me and Jerry was on our show and we I, I talked to Jerry Nadu. Never did I think as a you know high schooler in Alabama that I would have Jerry Nadu's phone number yeah. in my phone and, and you know, text him from time to time. just to, to keep in touch because I mean, Jerry Nadu was awesome. And uh, so they have a lot of insight. They're very smart and knowledgeable in the sport. And uh, if anything, I mean, like if you don't listen to my podcast, that's fine. Go listen to theirs because they, they're they're on the ball with everything. They know what they're talking about, and they're good. They're good guys. And I just came across an, another friend of mine reached
1: out and put me on the Stage Break podcast, which is was new last year. Um, and uh, young guy. Uh, that's doing that out of Florida, and uh, and I've listened to it this year uh, since his new season started as well. So another another good solid podcast. I've I've we've not connected yet. Plan to connect with him though um, soon as well. So there's there's stuff out there. Like I said, I, I like listening to the the inside that you get from the Hamlins and LaJoys and Juniors, um, but at the same time, it's fun to go from the fan perspective as well, and you yeah. get a different different view of things from the fan perspective than from the people who are getting paid um, by sponsors and their, uh, you know, <laughs> manufacturers and NASCAR sometimes um, as well. Uh, it's good to get that that other perspective. Yeah, and, um, and
0: they're, they're good shows. It's just, yeah. um, and I, I said this during the NASCAR Extravaganza show that you put on. If you want to, te- if you want not only to just gauge the temperature and, and health of NASCAR, but like any other sport, baseball, football, basketball, hockey. You listen to the fans' shows, and and th- that will give a good gauge of either they're doing stuff right, or the organizations, I should say, sanctioning bodies or organizations, or they're making some mistakes. Yeah. Because I remember listening to Dale Junior's podcast, and he w- he had Steve Phelps on, who's the president of NASCAR, and he's and Steve Phelps said we chased away ten fans for one new one, and he said that wouldn't happen again. Well, guess what? It has happened several times since Steve eat your own words. Good thing you're not on rambling about racing. <laughs> uh, this weekend
1: is the Daytona 500, scheduled yep. for Sunday. Um, tell me one thing that we need to be watching
0: for for the Daytona 500, outside of just the race in general. Ooh, one thing to watch out for. Okay, if you're new to NASCAR. Watch the excitement, regardless if the driver has won it one. This is their first Daytona 500, or fourth or fifth. Watch the excitement on their face, and and the pure joy of winning that race. It's almost like scoring the game-winning goal in overtime in Game Seven in the Stanley Cup. Watch that. Watch that hockey player's face, and tell me he doesn't have pure joy on his face hoisting that Stanley Cup and tell me that that driver hoisting the Harley J Earl trophy there in Daytona victory lane doesn't have pure joy and that it is a team sport. I mean, regardless of what people say, it is a team sport because he can't, the driver doesn't get out, change the tires and fill up the car with fuel. Yeah, The team is just as excited as him. So, I mean, give it a shot. If you're not a fan of NASCAR, there's no harm to want to take three hours out of your day. There's nothing else going on on Sunday. (laughs) And if, if there is, it's irrelevant. (laughs) <laughs> the two rolls over. Who cares? Yeah. So I mean, give it a shot. I mean, just but watch the end. And I mean, if it's a new guy who won it for the first time, you're going to be flabbergasted, probably crying because it is that big. And and do some history on the sport and and see why it's big. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows about the Stanley Cup, and why that's a huge deal. This is a huge deal. This is the equivalent of that in NASCAR. Yeah. It seems like there's. Um As much joy
1: winning the 500 as there is winning a championship at the end of the year.
0: I there's more. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, what Ricky Stenhouse Jr. didn't win the championship last year. Nobody knew he. Everybody knew he won it. Yeah. But he's got that Daytona 500 trophy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a fun time. It uh, is so racing's actually going on right now. Yeah. Uh, will go on all weekend and uh, will conclude ideally on Sunday with the Daytona 500. And the race season, and each week uh, at the end of our show, we're going to bring you this segment, uh, the Sports Stove Final Lap. We're going to have on uh, a few different guests throughout the year to help us recap and preview races and talk fantasy racing with us as well. And uh, tonight, uh, we're we're glad to be joined by Matt. And again, uh, appreciate his show um, and uh, and his contribution to our show uh, tonight as well, uh, Matt. Uh, Again, thank you so much for taking time to, to jump on with us tonight. I appreciate your insight, and uh, we'll, we're excited to see how the weekend goes.
0: I appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, should
1: be a fun weekend of racing. Yes, sir. Good luck with that truck behind you. Um, good luck to your co host as well. Hopefully, we'll see you see some episodes hopefully. soon from you.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, just keep pressing, loot, and your thoughts and prayers. Man, like I said, if you didn't have any. Bad luck, you wouldn't have any luck at all. So keep, <laughs> on, keep giving me your thoughts and prayers. We'll do it. He's Matt
1: Beamer from rambling About Racing and the Belly Up Sports Network. Thanks again, Matt.
0: No problem. Thank you.
1: All right. That's it for today's program. Do want to remind you uh to join the flavor revolution, righteousfelon.com. Use that promo code STOVE15. That's S T O V E one five. You're gonna get fifteen percent off your purchase. Uh, you can't ask for a whole lot more than that. We'll be back next week on Wednesday to uh, talk some Major League Baseball as well as the, uh, the recap of the Daytona 500 and continue to preview the season as well. Join us Sunday night for the uh, Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show. Uh, excited to be talking uh, fantasy baseball. We'll continue with our player rankings. We're doing a uh, second base, I believe, this week with Kevin Wilson. He'll be joining me for that. And then Monday night, we'll have the local hour back covering EKU uh, sports. And then Wednesday night, right back here with dad. And, uh, and I guess to talk about more NASCAR as well. Uh, follow us on social media at Sports Stove. Thanks for tuning in to the ninth edition of the Sports Stove podcast. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.